You are listening to season three of Black Girl Missing, a podcast that covers stories of black girls who were reported missing when they were under the age of 18. When black girls go missing, their cases are severely underreported in mainstream media. We want to shift the narrative. We invite you to listen, learn, and do whatever you can to help us bring as many girls home as possible. Due to the sensitive and sometimes graphic nature of these cases, we advise you to use caution when listening. What's poppin' everybody? Thank you for joining us for Black Girl Missing, Season 3. I'm Nikki. I'm Asa. And I'm Feminista Jones. What it do? What it do? <laughs> well, already. God. What? I, okay. How are we doing today, y'all? I'm great. <laughs> uh, I'm still... Yeah, okay. Y'all can't see us. We we be on video and, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans behind the scenes. Um, we're here. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually good. I'm actually uh, feeling good. I can't say that, I, that this is something I would have said a couple of months ago. Um, so I'm actually happy that I'm, I'm feeling, like actually feeling good. Um, oh, what's, yeah. what's going on with y'all? I, I, I am fantastic. That is wonderful. Yeah. I'm having a really good week. I, I got promoted at work. Yes. Um, I am just, I have a lot of clarity right now. Like a lot of stuff makes sense. A lot of stuff feels aligned for me. I am, I'm just very fulfilled in a lot of areas of life. And I deserve this, first of mm. all. It was mm. a long time coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I I just feel really good about that. Um, yeah. That is wonderful. That is joy. Love that it. That is great. It is. What yeah. about you, Asa? I'm still recovering from a concussion. Um, oh, but other than that, things are Gucci. <laughs> yeah. You are a walking okay. calamity. I, I just, know. I, I hope the podcast world knows that. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're recovering and uh, feeling better. Um you know, because we, I mean, how the hell we both have car accidents in like the same month. Kind of ridiculous. Speaking of which, I should be getting my car back next week. I don't know if folks know, I, I had a car accident. White woman backed into my car, except this time she didn't call the police on me. Last time, you know, white woman backed into my car, called the police on me. This time she didn't. Um, it was a smoother process, but I should have my car uh, back next week. Um, driving these rentals is kind of uh, annoying because you're used to your own thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's whatever. Um, so this is our final episode of season three. Yes. Wow. Like we have three seasons. Wild. Like, how did that happen? We just did the damn thing. We just did the thing. Women get shit done. Right. Right. You know, and I, I you know, we think about that, like, even when we think about COVID, even when we think about our own personal things that we've been dealing with and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, we still managed to bring people three seasons of Black Girl Missing. And we're still the only ones that are doing this particular thing. Um, and there's a lot of jokes about not giving people podcast mics, but that's really just for men. Um, 
I think the women deserve all the free podcast microphones, um, at least so we can have the opportunity to do things like this. Uh, We don't abuse microphones over here. Um, We have not been ones to do that. Um, But I'm just really thinking about this. Somebody asked me the other day, um, we were talking about this. Because uh, I had gone to see uh, last podcast on the left, right? And I love them. They actually are true crime as well. And one of the inspirations I, you know, I had, I was like, yo, I, I was like, we could do this. We could do this. You know, they're funny. We could do this. Um, and they were just like, you know, why, why this? Why, why do this? And I'm like, my answer was like, why not? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think about how many times, how, how often we're on social media and we see people talking about, oh, we should do this, someone should do this, someone should do this, or why don't we have this, why don't we have that? And I just kind of person is just like, why don't you do it? And I, and, and perhaps that is just how I, I navigate things. I think about something that should be done and I'm like, let's just do it um, and, and do what we need to do. And so this has been a, a labor of love for three seasons. Uh, and we're not going anywhere, not that I know of. <laughs> no. <Nope. Yeah. laughs> Not after, not after what we spent on that podcast equipment. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I think that um, one of the most important lessons that I've learned throughout this these last three seasons is that anytime we say that people don't care about Black girls or that they are not prioritized and they're swept under the rug... I know that that sounds dramatic to people, but doing this podcast has shown me that's even an understatement Mm -hmm. because we really have like an endless list. Endless. Endless list of girls that have gone missing from the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Decades of Black girls who went missing and you can find very little news, very little media on them. And that should shock everybody. And that should bother them. It should. Right. Um, That requires considering black girls to be human beings worthy of such concern and compassion and empathy. And unfortunately that is not the country we live in. Nope. Nor has it ever been. The mm-hmm. only value that Black girls have are future producers of labor and incubators of labor. That's it. Um, for, for a capitalist system that seeks to exploit Black girls' uh, future offspring. Uh, so that's it. They don't actually care. Yeah, they don't. Um, and, and, and you know how you know that they don't care. It's like when you, you see something like even a girl who exceeds and does everything that the, the country says she should do, she gets in all the top colleges, gets all the scholarships, whatever, at like 13 years old, they still complain. Yep. They still complain. So even when the most so-called respectable, brightest star, Mm -hmm. they still find ways to insult her and complain about her and still act like she's taking up space that she doesn't deserve. Mm -hmm. So if that girl is going to face that, the girl who did not have the opportunities to pursue such goals is definitely going to be cast aside and, and considered an afterthought. And there's been so much conversation. We talked about this, I believe, in the last episode about this impact of, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and what mm-hmm. that means for the future of Black girls. Mm-hmm. And I already know, I already know we are going to see such dramatic, drastic, devastating impact on our communities um, as a result of that. 
And we're going to see more and more Black girls going missing, more of them being killed uh, by by people that are impregnating them. And, don't, you know, there's no there's nothing that they can do about it. So they're going to kill, you know, all those kinds of things, abuse, all these things. And so we will have perpetual material. And that grosses me out. It's disgusting. You know, so somebody asked me, um, I went to brunch with some friends and um, they brought someone I didn't know. And they were asking me about the podcast and they were like, how, like, how do you have the energy to always talk about sad stuff? And I'm like, it's just part of life. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to do the podcast, but Mm -hmm. if we don't do it, nobody else is going to, because clearly we've been at this for several uh, seasons now, and we're still the only ones doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we are the only ones doing a podcast that's exactly like ours and we have endless content mm-hmm. tells me that if we don't continue to say something, nothing is going to change. Mm-hmm. And I, some people say, oh, you know, I, I can't listen to your podcast because it's so sad. And I mean, you don't have a problem turning on Dateline. Mm. You don't have a problem being on Twitter. You don't have a problem Ooh. being on Twitter. Twitter is triggering all day. Inundating of all the violence all day long. All day long. All day long. And you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I have noticed because I I do pay attention since we have been doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing more of the true crime podcasts are featuring stories about Black Mm -hmm. girls. So, and I've noticed though, and I've just been like, okay, good. You know, I understand you not making that your central focus, but- If I got eight podcasts talking about the same girl, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Like, get it out there. But I have noticed that there's been a a shift and that we're seeing more of that. And I'd like to think that we have something to do with it. I'd like to think that there's a cultural consciousness that is developing among some folks who are like, all right, you know, we can't we can't just completely ignore this demographic. So, you know, I do want to shout out to all of those folks, those true crime folks who are taking their episodes and devoting them to black girls and women um, because we need that. We, we need that as much as we can get it. So shout out to them. Absolutely. It's important. What are we doing today? What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Shakima and cabbage stalk. All right. Let's 10 year old Shakima has been missing from Dillon, South Carolina since July 22nd, 1993. She should be 39 years old today. And on the afternoon of July 22nd, 1993, Shakima went to a grocery store with her brother, Kevin, and her stepfather, Sam Harmon. That was the last time Shakima's whereabouts would ever be known. Shakima's grandmother, Clara, said the last time she saw Shakima was in her yard playing. Shirley Harmon, Shakima's mother, Call police to report Shakima missing. Clara asked Sam about the last time he saw her, and his response was, I ain't hurt Shakima. I love her just like Oh, her no. Right away. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But put a pin in that because we're going to refer back to it shortly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to run that back. Wait a minute. Clara, mm-hmm. the grandmother, said, when is the last time you saw Shakima? 
And Sam's immediate response was that he didn't hurt Shakima. I didn't hurt her. Nobody asked you that if you hurt her. Nobody asked that you. That sounds like a guilty conscience talking. Sounds like you guilty. He did that shit. Guilty right. as fuck. Guilty as fuck. Guilty as fuck. So Sam Harmon maintained that he left the children at the Turning Point grocery store on First Avenue. Now, Dillon, South Carolina is a small town that in like the early 90s, I think their population peaked at about 7,000. That's a small, that's a small town. Um, They have one central road that runs through Dillon, which is Second Avenue. So Turning Point grocery stores off the main road. It's on First Avenue. Now, in 1992, the year before Shakima went missing, Shakima said that Sam Harmon had touched her inappropriately. Oh, boy. And that... Now, wait a minute. I need to take a deep breath. Because her story, quote, changed several times, end quote. Charges were never filed and the investigators moved on. But I want to I want to touch on that because people mm. often will say that if someone's story changes that they're automatically lying or not telling the truth mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Right. But when you think about it, first of all, at the time she was 9 years old. Children mm-hmm. are poor historians. They just Absolutely. They just are. They just they cannot retell things that happen accurately because they're children and their brains are not fully developed yet. Well, you know, one thing I want to say, though, I, I want to say it's not that they can't tell because there are many instances where they do tell the truth and things like that. I think it's just that the further away they get from the incident, the harder it is for them to have that kind of recall because they they're still their brains are still ingesting so much every day and yeah. it's pushing out things a little bit different than how adults do. So I just you know, I just want to be careful with that because, you know, when children come forward. And then parents are like, oh, they don't believe them because children don't know what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like not saying, you know, that that kind of thing. But they can be extremely poor historians, especially when they're under stress and anxiety. But also, <laughs> they don't have the vocabulary to always right. be able right. to say, Absolutely. on this day, at this time, right. this is exactly what happened. Right. Which is right. another reason why it's important to, when you're raising small children, to be big kids, you got to teach them the correct names of things, yes. their body parts of and things body like parts, that. Body parts, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't know how she worded that he touched her inappropriately because she probably mm-hmm. didn't use the word inappropriately. Right. She, you know, she could have said all mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, different words. Um, right. But the and she may that, have said it in like a matter of fact way, not thinking there was anything wrong with it. That too. Ooh, that's true. That's, that's true. true. That, too. that, that, that yeah. happens frequently where yeah. it's, I don't even know that this is wrong. Bad thing. Yep. So if yeah. I mention it in passing, I, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, that doesn't sound like it's true because they said it in a way that didn't sound alarmed. Mm-hmm. So the fact that investigators decided that a, a story that changed several times was not worthy of an investigation is disgusting, but it's very on brand. That's what they do, right. um, especially when it is a black child. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, why would they bother? Mm-hmm. Now, in August of 2015, many years later, Sam Harmon was charged with murder, two counts of kidnapping, and criminal sexual conduct with a minor in connection with Shakima's disappearance. Oh, oh. Wow. 
So essentially what happened was, you know, when people are inebriated or they're under the influence of something and their lips get a little loose and they start to Mm -hmm. tell people things Mm -hmm. and they might tell person A a little bit of something and person B a little bit of something else. And then people start piecing things together. Yep. This is what happened with Sam Harmon. Now, several of Shakima's relatives testified at Harmon's trial stating that Harmon said he knew how to dispose of a dead body. Oh. Like, what would be the reason for what, you to say that? Right. I just, like, I just wonder, like, why you, why you would talk about that. Like, like how the, did that come up? Why was that a topic of a conversation? Right. Like, where did that even come yeah. from? Mm-hmm. So they don't believe that Shakima would not reach out to her grandmother and her brother if she were able, because their family was very close. So if Shakima was alive and just in trouble, she would be trying to get home or trying to reach out to her family. Now, the Cabbage Stalk family and the Harmon family are both um, large populations of people in the Dillon area. So it's not like there's this tiny isolated family in this small town. Everybody knows each other. And you see Shakima or you see Kevin and oh, those are Claire's grandbabies. Mm -hmm. People know that. Yeah. So it's not like they're living in, you know, New York city. And then, you know, you pop over, you know, seven or eight blocks and suddenly you don't know anybody Mm. because it's densely Mm -hmm. populated. It's not Mm -hmm. like that in Dillon. So between Dillon being a small town and as being the early 90s, when people were on high alert for missing children, if you remember, there was almost like an epidemic of children going missing in the late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. So that was a concern. Yeah, now they were trying to link it to like the satanic panic that children yeah. were being taken yeah. for all like human sacrifices and things like mm-hmm. that. It was a wild time. That satanic Geraldo, panic. Geraldo, Oprah, Ooh. Phil Donahue, all of them, oh, all yeah. of them. Oh gosh. I remember Geraldo would have like days long. Oh my God. Like it would be like a three part <laughs> thing. Yeah. Ridiculousness. So Shakima's family doesn't believe that she would not reach out to her family. So Sam Harmon was convicted of Shakima's kidnapping and sentenced to 12 years in prison, despite the fact that they never found Shakima's body. Oh. Oh. That, that's that's different. Yeah, that's not something that happens every day. So he was, but he was acquitted of her murder because there was no physical evidence to indicate that he was dead. But the fact that there was the kidnapping and an assault that took place, Mm -hmm. he couldn't get away from that because again, he talked to too many people. Mm -hmm. And people started piecing things together and talking to each other. It was like, wait a minute. And they Wait said, something ain't right here. Something ain't right. Right, right. Something in the milk is, the milk is curdling. Right. And because mm-hmm. this is Shakima's family, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They are like, well, wait a minute. You hurt her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they, you know, put two and two together and went ahead and, you know, talked to the authorities about it. Now, foul play was always suspected. and But her family believes that she's alive. Really? I, I can't say that I agree. Yeah, I'm not so yeah. sure. I think I can understand why the family would would yeah. hold on to that. Hold on though, to but, right. But but him saying just, he knows how to dispose of a dead body. Yeah. I feel like that's the tell. Mm-hmm. That is that is how you know 
she did something to her that is finite. Yeah. Now there's very little information available um, online about Shakima, her brother, Kevin, and her mother, Shirley. Her grandmother, Claire, passed on in 2010. Shirley was arrested for shoplifting in 2016. Um, I did try to reach out to her on Facebook. She lives in New York now. And um, she did not get back to me. She did read my message, so she saw it. But she did not respond, and I I get that. I totally understand, and I I respect that. Um, It looks like her brother still lives in the Dillon area, um, closer to Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. Um, And he appears to be married and, you know, doing his own thing. But I, when I first saw her name, I was like, Cabbage Stock. I know a lot of people with the last name Cabbage Stock. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, let me, let me look into her. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Cause that's not a common last name at all. It is a name that the way that I was explained to me is that the cabbage stock name was kind of born from, um, newly freed people who were on literally a a cabbage plantation. Okay. And so they chose the name cabbage stock instead of keeping the name uh-huh. of mm-hmm. their enslaver, which Got it. there are a lot of black folks who've, who've done that. So mm-hmm. I totally understand it, but I have a friend who lives in a town ta- or well, he's from a town just South of Dillon. And he actually connected me with a sheriff in Dillon, South Carolina, who was an mm. investigator on this case way back in the early nineties. Um, he does not want me to say his name. I uh-huh. get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did talk to him briefly about, the case and he said that kind of what was happening in this kind of uh miniature like sub community of people was they had all been hit really hard by the crack epidemic again this is 1993 mm-hmm. 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 it's that time okay and yeah. so a lot of these folks are alcoholics drug addicts um they had started you know um taking uh, recreational prescription drugs, things like that. So when all of this went down, there was such a lack of communication between the people in the community and the law enforcement. Okay. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get answers out of people who, one, are probably criminals themselves. They probably steal to get drugs and stuff like that. So no, they don't want to talk to the police about a missing girl. At all. Right. Because they're already paranoid. Mm -hmm. They're probably looking for their next fix. Which is often Mm -hmm. the case in so many of these situations with these girls. You know, they're coming from communities that are targeted and terrorized by the police. How do we expect anybody to talk about anything? Because it's it's always going to feel like like an opportunity for a gotcha. Yeah. Like if I come talking to you about this missing girl, are you going to look me up and then, you know, because yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, we've seen it happen to we've the parents it. of uh, missing girls. The, remember the mom that got arrested mm-hmm. for something like welfare uh, fraud uh, or some right. nonsense or something like that? It was, yeah. and, and just like, why are you arresting this woman and her child is missing? Like, mm-hmm. And then by the time she got out of jail, she couldn't even do yeah. anything. Yeah. Yep. yeah, It's stuff like that. And it's like, aside from the fact that these people are, are active, you know, uh, active drug users and things like that, even if they're high, they can still tell you what they saw. Mm-hmm. But if they don't trust you because they know that you got it out for them anyway, 
well, no, I'm not going to help you. Right. I'm not going to help you. And I I get it. If I'm high and I know that I steal, I know I run from the police. Mm-hmm. I know that my lifestyle is unsavory. Even if I feel bad about this missing black girl, I'm not going to go to the police. Not going to say nothing. I got to mm-hmm. save myself. Not going to say right. nothing. Right. I'm not going to I got to save myself. I got to do what I got to do for me. And it's <sighs> yeah. that's not the onus of that is not on the community members. It's on the police. Right. Because you are not a safe space for anybody to come to. Because they know that you always want to arrest someone. It doesn't even matter who it is. They just need to be, you know, putting them silver cuffs on somebody. And I feel like everyone failed Shakima here. Everyone. Except for her grandmother. Mm. Because the Mm. fact that her mom knew Sam Harmon was harmful to her and did not remove him yes. from the home. Yes. And that because is a problem. problem. Oh. You heard her the year before mm. she went missing and you didn't do nothing about it. Because even if like, let's say, let's say that it's inconclusive and, or nothing happened or whatever. Even if my child says something happened and there's no evidence of it whatsoever, it doesn't matter. They said it happened, so you got to go. Exactly. Or we got to go. Whatever has to happen, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a separation here. I don't care how I feel about you. I don't care how much I like you, love you, none of that. My kid said that this happened. We're done. The end. And the fact that Shakima's family was close, but also not trustworthy of keeping her safe is another problem that happened yeah. in our community. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that people are being honest about that because we, the way that we're supposed to deify our elders, we're not allowed to say, even though our families are close, they're not safe. Right. Right. And both of those things can be true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting to me that we, we, it's, it's hard to have conversations about why we coddle abusers within our communities, um, because that does require a, like a nuanced lens and approach to having these conversations, which unfortunately a lot of our folks within the communities are not equipped to, 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 to think about these things and, and why we, you know, struggle with, Mm -hmm. you know, almost a disproportionate rate of this kind of stuff. And we are not capable of addressing the trauma that that goes with that and the, and the generations of trauma around coddling abusers and mm-hmm. not believing our children and, you know, things like that. And there's an embarrassment about parenting. And this is one of the things I, you know, look at in my research, because I, I do focus a lot on Black motherhood. The embarrassment factor that black mothers have experienced for generations, mm-hmm. right? The that comes from the fear of losing one's child for making one little mistake, and that dates back to slavery, right? And so if your child is saying something bad happened, it is your fault, right? Mm-hmm. And you allowed this and you're a bad mother. And if you admit it, right, even for the sake of helping your child, if you admit it, 
then you're just, you have, you become this, this, this bad person. And, and we already vilify black mothers. So there's a fear there of being vilified and, and, and being thought to be like a terrible mom and all this kind of stuff, because that leads to your children being taken away. Yep. And so we tend to coddle abusers because we are afraid. Similarly, I've talked about how when black women um, experience you know, violence experience from white men, for example, black men may feel like they there's nothing that they can do. How mm-hmm. can they go against the white man? You know what I mean? The white man is trying to destroy them as well. There's this feeling of as a black mom, what can I do? Nothing. And so rather than live in that hopelessness, I got to find somebody to blame or I got to, so I blame my child, I, you know, whatever, or I just remove myself from thinking about that. And so mm-hmm. When you have these situations where these mothers are bringing these children around these men or what have you, a lot of it is a disconnect and and not even understanding the generational trauma behind that. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you not, you know, and, and and it's collective healing that we need. And I think about this all the time as somebody who experienced this um, and, and somebody who's a survivor of this, it's like, there's no way to process that part of mommy, why didn't you help me? Mm-hmm. Because I, when you look at it, it's like nobody helped my mommy when mm-hmm. it was her, when it happened to her. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Like that, it, there's so much there. And I think that while we can be very frustrated and we get very upset at some of the choices that these parents make, or especially the moms, we also, I mean, that's why we do this podcast. We also mm-hmm. have to offer that there's other explanations of why these mm-hmm. things can happen. Right. Um, So just, you know, just adding a little bit of that nuance to it. Absolutely. And I, I recently this past weekend, I watched, there's like a, like a documentary series on, I think it was HBO about um, Wayne Williams and the child murders in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about this podcast because there's this idea that, we don't harm each other. We don't harm mm. people in our community. And when all of these children in Atlanta, the Atlanta area, I think it was like 30, 30 kids, I think. And um, yes, the, the yes, idea, yes. The idea was like, there it couldn't was have no been one of us that it could be a black person. It just was impossible. And they're like, oh, it has to be the KKK. And I'm not saying that it wasn't because I don't know. And they didn't even find out if Wayne Williams killed all those children. They only got him on like two murders. Mm-hmm. But regardless of that, to think that we don't do things like this in our own community is ridiculous. And I want us to be more self-aware and more honest about the fact that a lot of this harm is gendered. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is about men hurting girls. A lot of it is about um, it's about the power dynamic of I can do this and get away with it because nobody's going to stop me. Yep. Yeah. Samuel Little. Samuel Little. Nobody's going to stop me. Who's going to stop me? Bill Cosby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think about these people that got away with stuff because they're like, nobody cares. Nobody nope. cares about this. Especially Bill Cosby with the, even though they were white, they were still like actresses or starlets, but nobody gives a damn about them. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Samuel Little was getting away with with white Daniel Holtzclaw, black mm-hmm. women that were addicted to substances. You know, these <laughs> I, I I hate that people think that this stuff is random. It's not. Every time. 
It's not random. They know who to go after. They know who we don't care about. I, I also think a lot about, like, when these subjects come up, I think about, um, what's his name? Henry Wallace. Mm-hmm. That was the black man. Mm-hmm. He was a serial killer from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. He killed 11 women. He was a veteran. He was like a manager or something at a fast food joint. And a lot of the women that he murdered worked with him or worked yep. around him. Yep. They knew him. One of his co-workers went missing because he killed her. And the next day, he went with her family to the police station to fill out the missing person. Yep. And then, yep. then he went with the sister to uh to post the like missing persons posters. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the people that he that he killed, you know, and it's so interesting that they were ranged. He 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 targeted a lot of college students or whatever, but he did go after some folks that were like, you know, doing the sex workers or people that had other crime issues or whatever. I remember that Mickey Figgy. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, you know, again. So remember when we talked about like how people don't think that black men can be serial killers because they don't uh, think they're smart enough. Yeah, right. So that's another thing. It's like the racism of I've been telling you racism everywhere, everywhere. but <laughs> yeah. they don't believe that black men can be serial killers because they're not smart enough. They see serial killing as an intelligent endeavor, yeah. <laughs> and they think that black men are stupid, <laughs> too stupid to, to serially kill people. So they get away with it, and if their victims mm-hmm. are black women and girls. They absolutely get away with it. Yeah. Right. I, I need to I need to move. I was talking. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I was we're not laughing because this is funny, guys. Like we're laughing because this, this is, is absolutely ridiculous. utterly ridiculous. This is the most nonsensical shit ever. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody about the serial killer thing recently. And I was like, think about it. Think about how many documentaries or specials or whatever that you've seen about John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy. Yeah. Oh God. And if I see one more, like, one more. They Ted act Bundy. like they are like these diabolical geniuses. Mm-hmm. They're not. The BTK killer. Like they got away with it because police are so fucking incompetent. Incompetent. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about oh, it. God. Every time I hear about Summer of Sam, I'm like, oh, you dumbasses. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, how does Zodiac kill? How the hell you get away with this shit? When I think about, so when we when we criticize police and we're like, yep, they're not that bright. They're you know they're lazy. They don't do the work. I think about John Wayne Gacy had like twenty six people buried under his house. Everybody smelled that. The police but, sat in front of his was, home. But he was white. The police sat in front of his house with him in the car. And smelled it. And it, smelled it. And nobody was like, like But they don't be washing their legs. Ma'am. FJ. Go away. Go away. <laughs> I just don't know if they noticed the smell. I think they're nose blind to each other. I can't with you. But I mean, okay, also, the gonna, wife was in that. They're going to cancel us. Right. And then, like, you think about Ted Bundy. <laughs> I fucking can't. What's, it's, it's, Again, I can't remember we're not it. laughing because it's funny. Yeah. We're laughing because it's absurd as hell. This is absurd! Yeah. I can't. How the hell you got so, d- so dead bodies, dozens of dead bodies, and nobody else smells so, nothing. So you have people like John Wayne Gacy, who had dozens of people literally buried <laughs> under their home. And the mm-hmm. house wasn't even that big. It was like two nope. 
No. <laughs> it was a small house. It's a regular size home. So mm-hmm. you have that, right? And then you have people like Sam Little, oh, who spent decades murdering women in very similar ways. He killed, what, 91 women? Like 91, 91. is believed yeah. to be. Something Your like man's that. drew crayon pictures of them. He drew pictures. Oh, my God. Yes. And the only reason he got caught is because he told on himself. And because he killed a white woman. And he killed a white woman. So that one white woman, they really were investigating that. And it, it, you know, and that was it. And then he was like, all right, you dumbasses, I'm right here. But that's when they were starting to connect the dots. But they did not care until this white woman, you know, got killed. Mm-hmm. Similarly with um, Daniel Hall's call, like, hey, he was sexually harassed. He actually harassed this woman that was a grandmother who was not yes. using substances and not yeah, a sex and worker. And she yeah, reported this shit. She yeah. was like, uh, you know, he, he, he got the wrong one. So it's always about someone who passes the respectability test yep. that leads to all these other things. Samuel Little, where he rot wherever his soul is or whatever, mm-hmm. your man was drawing drawing crayons, crayon uh, portraits of people. They, and they were, were accurate. And, and they didn't think about him possibly doing it because they thought he was just stupid. Yep. And I'm like, yo. They thought it was some sort of intellectual disability. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh God. Instead of instead of piecing it together and saying, Are we sure he didn't kill all these people? Because he's got a lot of drawings of a lot of so, different So women. how many, mm-hmm. how many of these situations? I remember we did a case, I can't remember the young sister's name at this time, but we did a case where we were speculating about whether or not this was a part of Samuel Little's, you know his thing um, because we were like piecing home. together yes yes mm-hmm. piecing Time together those arkansas. things yes arkansas oh, absolutely she was okay. gonna go to she was gonna yes. go to pre yes. med she had just graduated yes. high school yep and, and was working with the doctor. doctor yeah just mm-hmm. vanished right and so you know we think about this it's like all right what does this mean for black girls that go missing right yeah. how many of them have been caught up in things like this Mm-hmm. But because they don't see black men as suspects for you know serial killings, they're just lost in the sauce. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would I would bet I would wager that a significant number of these unsolved cases or what have you, and not just not even just black men, just other serial killers, mm-hmm. that a number of these may be caught up in those. But because maybe when it's a white serial killer, they're not thinking, oh, they're going after black girls. You know, they're black mm-hmm. women. They they put whatever profile of the woman it is or the girl mm-hmm. that it is. And if they, you know, they're not even thinking outside of that as if a serial killer can't wake up one day and be like, ah, I'm just going to deviate today. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder about that all the time. How many of our girls get caught up in these serial killer stories, but we don't know because they don't even think to look or to try to connect dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I understand that there's there's some methodology to mm-hmm. profiling and things like that. That's fine. But I feel like if you stick to that with such with such a just rigid mindset, you miss out on a lot of stuff. If you mm-hmm. don't have the cultural competency to look outside of these very like broad lines that you're looking in. Mm-hmm. You're going to miss out on some stuff. Like Samuel Little, they could have stopped him from murdering women decades ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was this gigantic man who was like a nomad. And instead of 
looking at this like string of women that he's drawing in his jail cell. Oh my God. Y'all decided that he just had the brain of a five-year-old. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's clown shoes. That's what it is. It's clown shoes. And it's sad. And it's, this is not just about black girls. I mean, Mm -hmm. our show is about black girls, but this is about white women. Also, when you look at these serial killers, Y'all are stuck on this like damsel in distress, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't care if that, you know, missing dead white woman was fat or poor or whatever. They only care about a certain a certain type. Mm-hmm. So they get away with this stuff and they know that they can get away with it. So when we look at people like Henry Wallace, uh, what was the guy's name in uh was that Cleveland? Anthony something or other? I feel like I know who you're talking about. Oh, he was gosh. burying people in his backyard. Oh. And mm. when, when neighbors complained about the smell, they said, the police said, oh, it's got to be this butcher shop. Anthony's soul? Yes. 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 Uh, murder. And, and it was like 11 or 12 mm-hmm. women or whatever. Right. Put yes. them in the house. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the butcher shop right on the corner next to his home. They gutted their like refrigeration system and put a whole new one in, new drains and everything. And there was still this stench. And everybody's like, oh, it's got to be this butcher shop. And the butcher shop is incurring mm. all these fines. They're paying, fi- they're having to have these like voluntary inspections and all this stuff. Meanwhile, there's literally dead bodies in the yard behind. Mm-hmm. I know y'all got canine units. Y'all ain't bringing Hello? nobody out. Right. And dead bodies have a very distinct smell. Very distinct. You don't mistake that for pretty much anything else. And see, mm-hmm. he got a little too drunk that one time. And the one lady he tried to kill, she lived. Mm-hmm. And she was running down the street naked. And that's the only reason he got caught. And it's it's stuff like that. Like, you could have caught him months, months before. But, but you were too busy but, messing with these store owners. But, right. It's foolishness. Foolishness. This kind of stuff is going to continue until people believe that Black girls and Black women are human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting, you know, and as as we come to the close of this, you know, third season, just kind of like, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And we are, um, I, I just, I just hate that we can keep doing this. Yeah. Like it, right. it, it sounds, you know, totally messed up, but I, I hate that we can keep doing this. And I, and I, and I think that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of us for being able to have these kinds of conversations and bringing this nuance to this and giving people uh, things to think about that maybe they hadn't considered before, because yeah. that's really what's important. The, the whole point is to find these girls and to bring them home where a lot of them are women now. And you know, our if we do our little small part, um, then that's fantastic. Um, but outside of that, it's just like, damn, I hate I hate that we can do season four, you know, which yeah. is coming, which is yeah, more to come. Kind of, yeah, but still, so. that's a wrap yeah. on season three, y'all. Yay! That's it. Um, it's been great. Very excited. <laughs> um, so. We look forward to uh, season four and welcoming you all back then. Thank you for all the support until this point. We have some really devoted 
loving, supportive fans. Um, keep sending us messages. Keep letting us know about cases you want us to look into. Keep sending your, your words of encouragement. Keep sharing the podcast. Keep talking about the podcast. Uh, we really love you all so much. And we're really so grateful to have such a community of supporters. We'll see you next season, guys. <laughs>